Well, get your Bible out and go to Colossians chapter 1. Before Halloween, we were talking about prayer. We're going to do again tonight. We're going to stay on prayer for a little while for the simple reason that we need to prayer and the nation needs prayer. Needs prayer. Amen. Now, I got to tell you something. I'm getting excited about something, guys. I just met with um, Edward Houston, the guy that's been going to Israel. He got to meet Netanyahu while he was there. And Netanyahu looked at him and said, I'd like to talk to you some more. And while he was over there, he asked me, he, he got to meet a, a Jewish guy that owns a ranch. And he got to work on the ranch. And then before he left, he said, can I bring some young adults over? And he said, yes. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. One of the problems, well, not a problem, one of the issues we have in America today is that young people growing up have no concept of Israel. They don't have, they don't, wouldn't it be neat if we could just take them over, let them work in Israel for 10 days, and then educate them, let them, let them work, let them work in the communities with the, with the people, with the young people with the IDF, with the different people, and educate them on, on um, what is it, um, on uh, being Jewish. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Read my mind. Um, Pro-Israel, be pro-Israel. I'll think of the word in a minute. But uh, I, I told him, I says, you know, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I, I got some, I know some young people in this church I'd love to take over there and start teaching them about the culture about the, about the way the Jewish, the, the Jewish nation does what it does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you get a chance to talk to them yeah. about the Lord. Yeah. It'll be fun anyway. Does that sound neat? Yeah. A lot of good things happening. Amen. Well, I told you to turn in Colossians. My sermon tonight is called The Moral War. And, I, and because the election is on your minds, it's on mine. It was up until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night. When I woke up with it on my mind saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I like the way it went in Florida. But you know, you can't, you cannot, you cannot watch the election and sit back and wonder, um, what happened? What happened to this nation? And what are we to do about it? Because there's more going on than just elect people in office. And here, my next thing is, are y'all ready for this? Let's start praying for the, for the guys that are in the Senate and in the House to be born again. Amen. To come out of darkness into light, be born again, truly born of the Spirit of God, alive unto God. You know, it's one thing to elect the righteous, but when you have a heathen in the seat, if he's going to sit in the seat, get him saved. Um, I'm not saying I agree with that. I mean, we've done everything we can. To, to get the best people we could, to get the nation praying. But I want to talk about what's really going on in America and, and what we should do about it. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you. I want to, I'm going to share some things that I've dealt with over the years. I have a very, very close friend who pastored a church of 1,000 people uh, up in, up in uh, Tennessee, and he's no longer a pastor today. He, uh, he walked away from his church. And I had lunch with him one day, and I asked him, I said, what happened? He said, I don't know how to pastor 
this generation. Because things changed. Well, in my opinion, yeah, it, it is. The, the way you pastor now is very, very different than 10 years ago. And, and the way people are hearing the word, the, 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 the stuff people don't know is astounding. And so, and then, and then we need to talk about um, the lost. Um, so anyway, there's, there's a prayer here in the book of Colossians. And I skipped the second prayer in Ephesians. We'll come back to it as the Lord wills. We'll just pray about it. But Paul is going to pray for the Colossians, the church in Colossae. And I'm going to start with verse 9. And he says, for this reason, since the day we heard it, we don't cease to pray for you and ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his, that's God's will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, long suffering with joy. And then he goes on and talks about giving thanks to the Father who's qualified or made us able to be a partaker of the inheritance of saints and light and delivered us from the power of darkness. But he says something here he doesn't say in the other two prayers, that you'd walk worthy, fully pleasing the Lord. Now, it, it has been difficult as a pastor to preach on holiness Not because you don't understand something, what happens up here when you're preaching is that any time that the crowd doesn't like what you're saying, they put the brakes on. And you don't, you know, you, you don't, you don't see it. But you can feel it in the bill line, you know. And what happened is, is that on television, you kind of compare me to all of the people on TV on how I'm doing. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm doing better than most of them are. They're not our standard, but for whatever reason, and, and this is, you can't help this. You, you cannot help this to be true. If you've got a guy on television, how in the world do you stack up his knowledge against a guy who only has 300 people? The guy with only 300 people could not possibly have the sense, the brains, or the anointing of the guy on TV. It's not true. But, but everywhere you go as a pastor, everywhere I go as a pastor, this is the, the question. If, if I meet a pastor anywhere, how many people are you running? My answer is 50,000. That's how many people are in a popka. What a stupid, stupid question. That's like gauging on how good of a mom you are, whether you had one kid or 20. That is a stupid question. But, but, none, but needless to say, that, that's the way people stack it up. Now, here's why churches are different. There is a man, I'm not a pastor teacher. Now, this may help you. It may hinder you. I'm a pastor prophet. I stand in the office of a prophet. Now, now if I was pastor teacher, I'd be sweet all the time. A little boring, but sweet. 
but I'm not. There, I deal with things by the Spirit of God that need to change. Um, this whole city, the last election of the city, changed because of this church. Now, we may not be big numerically, but we sure rocked hell. So, so you, you can't, ju- you don't, you, you, you can't look at that and say, you know, you can't look at it. Here, let me give you another example. Maybe this will help you. I heard a story where they had American troops were uh, pinned down during the Vietnam War. And there was like a hundred men that the Kong had them pinned down. And, and the Kong were beating them to death. And they, and they, uh, and they vacked them out. They, they sent helicopters in there and, and got them out. And they dropped six Navy SEALs in, and the six Navy SEALs beat the mud out of the Kong. How? They're trained to. Now, you need an army. You need a standing army. But the army is nowhere near Navy SEAL, and not even close. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Did I lose you already? There in the body of Christ, there's apostles, there's prophets, Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, and sometimes pastor, teacher. So, so you really can't look at a church and go, well, you judge it. Well, I, I, I've been in Central Florida longer as a word pastor than any other pastor in Central Florida from Kissimmee to Daytona Beach. All the rest of them died and went and, and gave up the ghost and quit. Every one of them. There's a few of them now. But when I started, we were a cult. You understand that? In order to pastor for the last 30 years, you, man, you, you got to be one tough sucker. <laughs> Are you out there? I'm talking good about myself right now, and y'all aren't helping me a bit. Now, I understand that I have a, a different personality, but God uses that. For his reason, there's reason. He asked me one time, he said, I need you to go to India and smuggle some crusade equipment in. And I did. And this is what, this is what it sounds like. Dun, 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 And I did. Me and, me and another pastor smuggled $10,000 worth of crusade equipment into India and, and taught them there. And we've had um, the Jesus film going over there for over 20 years now. And we smuggled it in through customs. We didn't pay. It's just, they never saw us. Honest to God, we walked up to customs. We stood there and prayed in the Holy Ghost and then took our stuff and pushed it out to the taxi cabs, loaded it up and drove away. Now, there are people God goes, I need that guy over there in a pocket to go do something for me, you know. And it's always crazy stuff. Are y'all out? I'm trying to. I'm trying to tell you how awesome I am. Y'all are not helping me a bit. But I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that, that churches, there's, there's, there's a difference in church today. Churches, churches changed. The people have changed. The things people want, the things they desire, the things they're, they're hungry for has changed. And the way we preach has to change. And I'm going to show you tonight that there's going to be some changes made and there, there must be change made. All right, now go. Go to Proverbs 28.4. I'm going to begin, I, I don't know how far I'm going to get tonight, just kind of line upon line, bear with me, because I'm going to take you through a lot of scriptures. But I have to, I have to show you 
what's happening spiritually in America and what we have to do to fix it. And we're going to fix it. The issue is not all who made it into the house and sent it. And the, the issue is who's making heaven or hell. We have a bigger issue going on in the world today. And the reason we want the government to cooperate with us is so we can preach the gospel. Now, the way we're going to preach the gospel is going to change a little bit. In, um, in Proverbs 28.4, it never should have, but, but hallelujah, anyway. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, such as keep the law, contend with them. What you saw in this election was, was light warring with darkness, right with wrong, moral with immorality. And yet, Justin, and, and I, I'm going to, because of his Facebook, way more than mine, Justin post stuff that's kind of like in your face a little bit, but he catches a lot of flack over it, mainly lukewarm Christians. Like, I just think you just need to be nice. It's her body, let her do what she wants to with it, Justin. And so I, every once in a while, I will text some of his friends back. I guess friends, I guess, I don't know if they're friends. They used to be friends, but Proverbs 29, 27. Now look, now, now you're going to see this in a new light. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous. Now, we're talking about people who don't know God and they're immoral. They're an abomination to us. I look at people sometimes and go, what? You voted for what? Are you serious? And I'm like, you got me buffled because I thought you were a Christian. All right, so so it's not popular to do what I've been doing lately. To stand up here in the pulpit and go. But let me, let me say something because we have a couple of Karis graduates up here. I thank God that Kenneth Copeland and Andrew Walmack have, have started speaking up. Because it's made my job easier. It isn't that they haven't believed in living right. It's that they haven't been preaching it like they should have. Now that's my only beef. More with Kenneth than Andrew. Andrew's been a lot more vocal in the last couple of years than Kenneth Copeland. I love Kenneth Copeland. But, but now they're starting to get off of this, Jesus loves you, this I know, and get on, he loves you, this I know. Now straighten up. Yeah. And I'm starting to go, thank you. Because I've, you know, and I've known Art and Crystal now for years, and I've had, and, and I kind of pulled him off the side, and I said, I love Andrew, but there's things he's not saying. It's not what he's saying I disagree with, what he doesn't say I did. And I've started seeing him come out of, uh, in the last year maybe, maybe more, two years, a lot more. And, he, and, and, and nothing, there's nothing wrong with saying that Jesus died for all your sins, past, present, and future. You know, that's not what America needs right this minute. 
And, and, and so having said that, the Lord's been laying it on my heart to spend a lot more time preaching on people living right. But you know, you feel like you're the oddball when you're the only one out there doing it. They don't sell a lot of CDs, I'm just going to tell you right now, especially when you preach on humility, which is really preaching on pride, but you can't say that. You get, a, get a CD, how to deal with your pride. It'll just sit out there. People are too proud to buy it. Proverbs 29, 27, an unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, but he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. They hate us. They absolutely hate righteous people. And if you haven't seen it yet, you're not watching the news. I mean, it's like, and, and we're like, what is wrong? I mean, we're bound to be nice to them. Well, you're an abomination because they are unable to carry on their immorality while you're around. Well, we're going to give it to them for seven years and let them have it, and they can just tear it up on the way to hell. That's what they want. But you understand that starting right now, you're going to have to pick sides because somebody is not going to like you. you. You know, this whole thing of everybody liking you, you can get over that right now real fast. Because once you take a stand, you've already said, this is my crowd. That means that crowd over there is going to go, you're not our friends. Now, um, when I got born again, and, and, and I'm... And, I'm going up to see my brother Thanksgiving. It'll be the first time I've talked to him in probably 30 years. Well, I've seen him at my sister's Nancy's. But, but when I got born again, he looked at me and he said, right when I got saved, he said, Daryl, we're going to have a party at my house. Are you going to talk about Jesus? I said, probably. He said, well, I can't invite you. I said, Ronnie, that's fine. And I promise. He said, well, you promise me you won't. I said, no. I promise you I will. Amen. I'm not going to shut up because of you. And of course, I, you know, that's, that's the last time I saw him. No, not really. I've seen him a few times. But, but, but the, you know, that created a division. Now, my whole family thought I had looped out. Now, my, my sister Robin ended up coming and getting born again, and Nancy got born again, and Nancy's husband Mark got born again, and, and Johnny, he's always been born again. He's, his dad was a church of God preacher, great, great, great man. I just loved him to pieces. But, but yet, you know, um, the, Jesus said that I didn't come to bring peace on the earth but a sword. And, and if you're going to walk with God, there's going to be a division. Yes. And we're seeing it. More and more now, it's, it's absolutely becoming black and white or left and right or right and wrong. And I want you to see that in your Bible so you didn't think there's something wrong. And, and, and because of that, you need to understand you're living in a different day. Now, Matthew chapter 7. So here's my question. How are we supposed to live are we supposed to be living right yes yes Yes, we are now I didn't now let me say something the reason you preach on the love of God because you always got people walking in that lives are all they're they're messed up they're they receive Jesus they're they're like they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination 
And, you, and they need grace. And you want to give them grace. But at the same time, you also have people coming into church now that are born-again homosexuals or born-again lesbians or born-again uh, and pro-abortion. And, and somewhere along the line, you've got to go, we have to have a different kind of service this morning. This is not going to be greasy grace today. We need to talk about the way you're living. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 15. Beware of false prophets. That's people who teach and preach wrong. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You know a wolf when you see blood on their teeth. And you'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bristles or figs from thistles? Even so, every tree that bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. That means you need to watch people's lives. You have a right to look at their life. I didn't say perfect, but, I'm, but you can tell when a man or a woman has a perfect heart. In other words, Lisa and I don't do everything perfect, but it's obvious we don't live immoral, right? I mean, after you just hang around us a while. If you get real close to us, people like Tim here have gotten real close to Lisa and I and been in our house and eating Lisa's chili and, and everything else. But he'll attest to you that, that, we're, really, that we're really not a bunch of immoral, immoral people, you know. So anyway, and, and also he'll tell you that I'm the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and if he doesn't tell you that, he can't come back and have any more chili. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you'll know them. Now, people everywhere, well, don't you judge me. Well, honey, we have to judge you. Yeah, amen. Now, you're, now, I'm going to go to the doctor, and I'm going to say, I want you to treat me, but don't judge me. <laughs> well, I can't treat you until I find out what's wrong. I cannot help you until I find out what's wrong with you. That's not judgment. Well, it's not condemnation, but it is judgment. That means that we are watching you, and we are watching what you do, and, and we watch how you vote. We watch who you run around with. We watch what you believe. And hopefully, we can help you if your life is not where it should be. And there's people who are honestly ignorant. Okay. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and run aisles and dance and jump and clap and holler in church? We cast out devils. We Listen, we got wonders in your name. And he says, he, I declare, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's not okay to be, un, to be ungodly. It's not okay. Now, this last election, we were dealing with unrighteousness. It's a platform. It is not about the personality of the guys that are running for office. Now, now here's the big issue with, with, with the left. It's about money. One more time. It's about money. One more time. It's about money. You do not vote to murder babies so the government will give you money. And they'll tell you every lie in the book, but it's about being covetous. Yes. 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 Come on. 
And we don't preach on covetousness anymore because it takes all the rich people that are believing for prosperity off in the church. We need to talk about the difference between godly prosperity and coveting money. Oh, there's a big difference. And, 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 and living to make the dollar bill is not godly prosperity. All right, let's move on. Because you know, you're going to get me all riled up here. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, not hears them and sits there and goes, hallelujah, amen, but does them, I'm going to lie to a wise man to build his house on a rock. You're actually supposed to be taking notes and ordering your life according to the word of God. That's what it means that he's Lord. Now, I'm going to say something about abortion. If you voted for a politician, you will stand before God and you will come under judgment. God will judge you. Do you understand? Listen, you reap what you sow. I'm so tired of people going, well, that's not what I really want. Let me tell you something. When you, when you bring a pig in the house, you cannot tell him to stay in the kitchen. He's going to tear your house up. You cannot say, I like that about them, but the rest of it I don't like. You got the whole tamale, darling. And, and let you, you know, oh, what do you think Baal worship was? What do you think Baal worship was? Sacrificing babies for prosperity. That's what the Jews brought in. That's what the story of Gideon is about. That's what in the Old Testament, God hates Baal worship. And then we've got planned parenthood today, which is Baal worship. Listen, if you wouldn't get pregnant out of wedlock, you would not need to abort it in the name of, what, what is it? Uh, what well, it's not convenience, but the, the, it's, not birth, it's not a birth control pill. Now, now, let's talk about every Democrat in the House voted against, there, there was a bill, the pain something bill, to stop uh, abortions up until the last minute. You can take a baby in the womb right now. A baby sucking his thumb, ready to come out, and kill it in the womb. Now, you can now. All the Democrats and half the sorry Republicans. So don't, don't, don't say I'm pro-Republican. I'm, listen, I, t- I said Republicans are, are, are allowing us to be Christians and not taking all of our rights away so we can preach the gospel. But, but now we need to go to work on the whole house. And I ain't talking about just the left. I'm talking about the whole pile of them, guys. We got to get in there. We got to start praying. I want to pray for them to get saved and God to turn some of them heathen into evangelists. I want some Paul, Saul of Tarsus coming out of there preaching the gospel. Wouldn't it be neat if Hillary got born again? Wouldn't that be cool? Boy, you talking about rip the world up. Coming out of there preaching Jesus and speaking in tongues. Hey, I'd vote for her after that. Boy, I mean, are y'all out there? We, listen, the reason that the church doesn't know this is the pastors stopped preaching this stuff. Now, you know why we did? Well, that's all that old hell, fire, damnation preaching. 
Jesus preached on hell more than anybody else. You go back in the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about hell all the time. Why? Because people are going. That scares me to know that there's people in this nation going to hell and, 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 and you're voting on your pocketbook. We're murdering babies in the womb and you're voting the pocketbook. No, 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 you're not either. Now, I'm going to show you from the Bible and I hope it, it, it curbs you. God does judge Christians. He does judge us. You keep living wrong, you know, even if he didn't, what about you reap what you sow? You sow to your flesh, you're going to reap it, honey. It's coming in your home. And I'm trying to help you not have that happen. You're fighting. People are fighting with me. And I'm going, you keep voting Satan in. He's coming in your house. You've just, in, you've just given him leeway to drag your kids to hell. You vote for homosexuality, it's coming to your house. Listen, if this thing does, if we don't have a revival... We will have a war, and there's a lot of people going to die, and they might be your kids. You better repent. This is not a game. Satan's not playing a game with us. He has full intentions on stopping Jesus from coming back and bringing in a new world order. And that's what this whole election was about, the new world order. Boy, thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Matthew 10. Just going to read some more scriptures. Y'all okay? Even if you're not, I guess it don't matter. 10.32. Whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess before my Father who's in heaven. If you deny me, and I'm not talking about saying I believe in Jesus. Satan believes in Jesus, guys. Whoever denies me before men, I'll deny before my father. Do not think I have come to bring peace on this earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own host household. When you get born again, the first place it's going to show up is at home. If it has not, then then the reason that the reason that it's going to show up there is your family members are going to do everything in their power to tell you to sit down, shut up, and, and stop it. Because you have turned the light on in their life. Now see, they were fine until you turned the light on. Let me listen. When you walk in the kitchen at night and you flip the light on, the light did not create the roaches. The roaches were there. Your light in your home is not creating the hell that's there. It's exposing it and it's blinding to your family and they're going to attack you. Now, when I first started pastoring, I got to tell you, I was dumb as a rock. But I thank God that he asked me to do it and stuck me in here and had enough and he loved me enough to, that the thing didn't fold. 
I was so naive that I thought people would really love the Bible. And I started preaching, and I mean, we had people rise up absolutely trying to kill me. And I did not, I'm, I was so, what did I do? Well, I'm ready for you now. You can get mad as all you want to now. I, as a matter of fact, the madder you get, the hotter I'm going to get. I'm just going to fire it up some more. I had a man came one day and he said, don't you preach it unless I say so. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me prove something to you. He went bankrupt within a few months. You do not walk up to a pastor of a church and tell him. You, you just attacked the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, I didn't pay any attention to him. And he had a meeting in his house one night, and he says, you're not allowed to come. Now, y'all didn't know that this, this church was crazy when I first came, but I, I was crazy, and they were crazy, and we just were made for one another. We just were crazy together. <laughs> they were crazy, and I was immature, and it's a good thing. And they didn't kill me, so I thank God. I just thank God I'm still alive. But, you know, I wasn't ready. They didn't, there was no class at Rhema on this. There was no class in Bible school on dealing with crazy people. <laughs> now, there were some good ones in the church, and you know that. Great people, love God, still do. But, you know, I, I thought it was everybody. Because, you know, whenever, you, whenever you're having a problem, you just think the whole world's against me. It really wasn't about 10 people. But I thought it was everybody in the building, you know. But I thought Betty didn't like me one time, but just, but just once. And then after that, I thought, it don't matter. It don't matter whether she likes me or not. Anyway. She just loves me. She can't help it. Now, let's finish reading this. Oh, where was I? He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves your son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. If you find your life, you're going to lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And we don't preach that. But he's talking about a total consecration to God. He's talking about if you're a drug addict, this is your last drug. If you're, if you're a homosexual, this is the end of your homosexuality. If you're, if, if you're in adultery, that's your last affair. It's all over with, sweetheart. It's it. Stop now and come on. Let's follow God. Well, you don't understand that when a woman's living with a guy and that's her only income, that's a, she's going to have to put a lot of faith in God to walk out of a situation that she just might be homeless because of her Christianity. And if you're a Muslim and you get born again and your, fam your family finds out about it, they'll kill you. It's a big deal. But he didn't, he, he said, it doesn't matter. When you get saved, I want you to walk away from the life you were living and you start living the life I give you. That's your cross. You have a cross to bear and it's obedience to God. Now, I'm not going to do it, but you've heard me tell the story when I got saved. The Lord sent me to Tulsa. Well, listen, I, but when, when I got, he got me a great job in Athens. I was, I was he, they were working, making me the literal manager of the plant. That's, that's a bunch of money. And he says, pack it up and go to Tulsa. I said, okay, sir. That's why I said, you, it can't be about money. You're going to believe God for prosperity, but he's liable to look at you and say, uh, just pack it up, go to, you know, you're going, you're going to live in another city as of right now. And you just walk away and go, yes, sir, amen. 
And I moved to Tulsa, went to work for Roger Hardesty, second largest apartment complex builder west of the Mississippi River. And I became one of his top maintenance men. Lucrative position. Pack it up and go be a youth pastor. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. When I took this job, I had my own business. I averaged between $100 and $200 a day and sometimes $600 a day. And this church started me at 400 a week. Prosperity, amen, thank you. Yeah, you in it for the money, baby. You in it for the money. Yeah, I was. I wanted all y'all money. Y'all didn't have no money. <laughs> Matthew 24. But you know what? That's what he asked me to do, and that's what I did. Listen, he's the Lord of my life, and I've never been hungry. It's obvious looking at me right now. I'm not hungry right now. <laughs> Haven't been hungry all week. You know, every once in a while, I go on a diet. My, my diet consists of steak, sweet potato, salad, steak, turnip greens, collard greens, Steak. <laughs> One day Jordan was looking at me and he said, why does daddy have a steak? And Lisa said, he's on a diet. He goes, I want to be on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> You're too skinny, boy. Don't worry about it. You have steak when you get my age. Anyway, Matthew 24, are you there? Look at verse 32. Look at, look at. Twenty-four. What? Six. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. And you're going to hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. These things must come to pass. The end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. And we'll tell you something. We're we're, we're sitting here watching this. They're going to deliver you up to tribulation, kill you, and be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended. He's talking about Christians. And betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will abound. The love of many, I'm going to add a word. The love of many Christians is going to grow cold. Now, I'm not going to say it now, but let's, but let's talk a little bit about sin. You can get all the porn you want to right now off your phone. When I was a kid, you had to get on your bicycle, go steal a bunch of Coke bottles, go downtown, try to find somebody with a Playboy magazine, hide it out in the wood. That's about, it, took, it was an all-day affair to look at one centerfold. <laughs> just was not easy to get a hold of the stuff, you know. It just, now, you just turn on your phone. Something popped in my phone the other day about the, the lack of dresses girls are wearing at the, what is that red carpet thing where all the actors go? I don't. Well, the one on my phone had a strip of clothing that started about six inches below her cleavage, went down to the floor. The whole right side and left side of her dress was gone. Didn't have a bra or panties on. And, and I went, in the name of Jesus, delete. 
When you hear me talking to my phone, I'm in there going, get, and I'm thinking to myself, every, every boy in our church has access to all this trash. Sin right now has become popular. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe in homosexuality, there's something according to the world, there's something wrong with you. And if you don't believe in abortion, there's something wrong with you. And if you didn't vote Democrat, something's wrong with you. You got something wrong with you. You got something wrong with you. You are just ugly, hate, bigot, racist. Now, if you did something wrong with you, but good is starting to be called wrong and wrong starting to be called good. I don't know where that scripture is, but Justin, there is, it, anyway. But, but it's gotten to where that the church has started cooling off and the people want it that way. They don't want to hear this kind of stuff. They want to go where they can hear, come to Jesus, give me my sermonette, and I'm going home because I've got my life. And you get on the internet and you start, especially with Justin's Facebook, and you start listening to Christians talk about what they believe and don't believe. You you know, you're wondering, where, where do you go to church, Jack? What Bible are you reading? Because it is not the same one. And maybe it's my fault that I haven't sat down and just preached on this. I think I'll go in the youth room one night and just preach on hell. Just preach on every scripture in in hell. Listen, it's time for us to start hearing this is not a game. Jesus is demanding you live right. I don't know whether you knew that or not. Hebrews chapter 12. There was a movement here in the States. Something about being relative. Not talking about your relatives. You're being relevant. Relevant. There was this pastor who's going down to the bar and sitting there and having a drink and drink with all the guys so he can, where he can relate well, I think we ought to just start a Christian whorehouse. Get all the money and give it to the gospel. Folks, that's just, that's just nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And people are buying this CDs and wanting to be relevant. Told me I need to start wearing pistol leg jeans. You do not want me to come to church in pistol leg jeans. Get me an earring in my ear. Hey, dude, open your Bible, dude. I want to ask y'all a question. How did a hick from Texas named Kenneth E. Hagan attract the youth? of this nation to a Bible school that turned the world without being cool. He still talks like a hick. You, you, know, you go on the internet and you listen to Brother Hagin preach. I mean, he's open your Bibles. He sounds like a hick. And kids from all over this nation went to Tulsa to hear this man preach the word of God. 
wore a tie and shiny shoes. He wore a suit and tie to the post office. He was so uncool. And I was a hippie, and I loved that man. Wasn't anything cool about him. Well, I figured if Brother Hagin can do it, I don't have to be cool. I got a bunch of them shot together. You don't want to know how many people send me CDs on how to look and act and walk and talk. <laughs> At least I'm telling the truth, aren't I, honey? Just what was that CD we got one day on? Oh, I don't want to tell them that. I got to get a t-shirt that comes down to here. I can't get my gun out if I got a t-shirt that comes down to there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's good. Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated. Rather, let it be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Well, you need to hear that. If you're a Christian and you're living like the devil, you may not make heaven. Are you all out there? I mean, we got to stop this game playing mess. He said, come out of the world and be set. He said, come out of it and be separate. The last time I looked at pictures, Jesus did not have tattoos and earrings in his ears. Now, now I'm going to get on y'all right now for something. And I know some of y'all got tattoos and I'm going to tell you where it came from. It's insecurity. You're an insecure person. Just don't show it to me. Because it's probably on your butt or something. I don't know. God knows where you did it. The only reason we hadn't seen it. Come on, y'all look like y'all drying up on the vine. I mean, it, but, but listen, it's insecurity, guys. Do you think that tattoo made you tough? It proved you're not. You know, Harley Davidson says they don't sell motorcycles, they sell image. I want you to think about this for a minute, and I'm going to get on, boy, this. A Harley costs $24,000, and a Honda costs twelve. dollars and a Honda is 10 times better than a Harley. But you want to look cool. I don't need a Harley to look cool. I am cool. I'll ride a Honda because I'm smart. And spend the rest of it on a hotel up in the mountains and go ride. They say, we don't sell bikes, we sell image. Do you remember the days people smoked?
Well, I'll tell you what, Muggsy. I'm going to blast them. What was it about? Being cool, dude, cool. It's not about, you didn't like it. It almost killed you when you started smoking the things. And you kept smoking them and you kept smoking them to be cool. Come on, y'all. You know why I had long hair? To be different. I look like everybody else. I wasn't different. When I got born again, by God, I was different. I was the only guy in my high school that was really different. You want to be different? Live right, man. You really be different. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's one of those nights, y'all, just... Help me, Jesus, get through this. <laughs> Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, and lest a root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble by many become defiled. Listen, you're at it. You cannot get into bitterness. Someone done me wrong. Get over it. If you're in here tonight and you're African-American, I'm going to make a statement to you. White people did you wrong. But I'm going to tell you something. Growing up, they were mean to me too. They were. Because I wasn't cool. People are just mean. They're just mean. Don't go through your life mad about the way someone treated you. Forgive them, forget it, and move on. And I hear stories all the time, and, and I'm telling you, they're sad. The way people have been treated in this nation, it's sad. But there's only one thing you can do. You're going to forgive, you give it to God, and you walk away. And don't let it take you down. Spend the rest of your life fighting somebody because of something that happened to you. You can't do that. All right. 2 Corinthians 6. I don't want to run out of time tonight, so I'm just not going to. I'm just going to keep you all night long. 617, I'm just reading a bunch of scriptures because I want you to see them in your Bible. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what's unclean, and I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, let's cleanse ourselves from filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. God is, if you're a Christian, he's working in you. Now, he's not acting for you to be perfect, but you need a perfect heart. You need to be working toward it. Now, we're not asking you to come in here and your life to be rosy and nobody's going to like you and accept you. But we do ask you that we can actually see evidence that you're actually growing in God. I don't expect you to go from first grade to fifth grade in a year. But I do expect you to go to first grade to second grade in a year. I do want to see some growth. I want to see, I want to see fruit. If all you're doing is just showing up, 
the first year, that's not easy to do when you get saved. Just show up. Read your Bible, pray. Because I understand what the day, he's beating on your head. But I, expect, but I expect you to be growing. Okay. Now let's go to another one now. Romans 6. This whole thing about sin. Don't preach on sin. Don't preach on sin. Now let's, matter of fact, as I read this, I'm going to go back to Romans 3 in a minute. Let's do this, Lord. Romans 6, 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God, being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law of a grace. 6, 22. Now, having been set free from sin, having become slaves of God, you have your fruit and holiness in the end and everlasting life. The wages of sin is death, the gift of God. Listen to me, as a born-again Christian, God is not up there judging you because you're still sinning. But that sin will harm you. You don't want it. Now, listen to me. God's not up there. He's not a Baptist. He's not up there giving you little brownie points on what you do and don't, don't do. You are still reaping what you're sowing. So if you don't like your life, God's not running it. You are. Stop sowing to your flesh if, because it will come home. It, is, it will come back. If you have a bad attitude, it's coming back. If you vote for immoral people, it will come back to you. If you're good to people, it will come back to you. If you love people, it will come back to you. If you forgive people, it will come back to you. You are reaping what you're sowing. So you understand that do not be mocked. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that and that only shall he reap. Now here's the danger. Don't worry about all the bad people that got elected. They're all going to go through hell on earth and then die and go to hell. We need to pray for their souls, but they're creating a hell in their own lives and it is going to come on them. When someone does you wrong, listen, you don't need to get all bent out of shape. They are about to have everything they did to you come back on them, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Don't get in the gutter with them. That's why you want to live right. Because the sin has a payday. If you're a Christian and you're sinning, you have a payday and it will come. Now, I, there, there's a lot of young people, and, and how long I've been pastor? 30 years plus youth pastor? I, I wished I could parade up here in front of you all the teenagers that didn't listen to me in the youth group when I had, and, and their lives are hell. They've been married three times. They got kids by five different men, and, and they, they, just, they just didn't listen. Born again, yes. Speak in tongues, yes. So to their flesh, oh, yeah. And wouldn't listen, rebellious and stubborn. And, and they're 50 years old right now and 40 years old and their life is hell. 
don't shout me down. I went and picked up one. I'm out of prison the other day. We had a boy in our youth group named John Evans. Born again, loved the Lord, got married to this girl. And I said, John, what in the world did you do? Well, she's cute. Oh, she's hot, all right. She's a little floozy. Well, he was in his garage one night shooting his gun. And she called the law on him. His wife. She was mad at him. He stepped out with an AR and they killed him. How old was he? 20-something? I mean, I worked with John. I took him to work. I loved him. You got time to, I don't have time to read him the Bible, Pastor. I don't have time to read him the Bible. Do you pray? I don't have time to read him the Bible. Well, you know what? If, you, if you're going to live like that, John, obey your parents that you'll live long. Yes. It'll shorten your life real short. I, don't, I hate to bring up things like that, but sometimes you have to say things to grab people's attention. You, you, if, if, you're going to, if you're going to be selfish, you have no future. Your, your selfish spouse is going to get tired of your selfishness. If, you, if you're born again and you love Jesus, marriage is hard. If you're selfish, it's hell. Thank you. I almost got Lisa straightened out. Y'all just. <laughs> Y'all pray for her. <laughs> James chapter one. No, listen, thank God that my wife loves God. Thank God I love God. There have been times that we just laid a Bible down between us and it just went to the Lord. Let him be the umpire and come on, it's it's it it's tough. Life is tough. It's tough enough with God. <laughs> it's boy, you don't want to do it without him, I can tell you that. James 1.12, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. That means you're supposed to have the temptation and pass it. Pass the test, guys. Let no one say when he was tempted, I was tempted by God. He didn't do it. For God is, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Tempt, test, or try. Each one is tempted when you're drawn by your own desires and enticed. When desire has conceived, that means you keep doing it. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings death. You get pregnant with sin, you will have a baby. That's pretty, that's pretty straight, isn't it? So, so that, if you want to abort something, that'd be something to abort. I'm going to abort this sin I just committed in the name of Jesus. All right. Whoa, let's do this. Look at Romans 3.19. I, I got I to go back here and show you something because I want to get on the world for a minute. I, I need to do this. Romans 3. I should have gone here a while ago. Let's get off the church for a few minutes and get on people in the world. Why is there a mess? I want you to see the scripture. You may want to mark this in your Bible. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, 
so that every mouth may be stopped and the world become guilty before God. What good is the law? We, now, everybody says, don't put me under the law. You don't, don't, don't you put no law on me. And so people don't preach law anymore. But the law is good. When you know you're a heathen, you don't need law. But we've got a whole generation that doesn't even know they're wrong. Now, now let's think about this. You have people that are pro-abortion, a woman having sex with a man she's not married and using abortion as a birth control, judging Kavanaugh that he touched a woman. That's called an idiot. Now, what happened is they never went to church and never heard law. We've got a whole bunch of people roaming the streets that, that need to hear the Ten Commandments. And that if you break them, you're going to hell. Because they have no concept of right and wrong. And we have people in church that have no concept of right and wrong. Now, I'm going to say this, and we've got a few young people sitting on the back row. But we've got a whole group of young people over here that need their pastor to preach some law without you getting upset because you're not telling them. And they're going through life just, well, the do, the do, the do, and going to leave this church and having never, ever heard right from wrong. If, you, if I'm preaching something and you get uncomfortable, then ju- there's a reason you're uncomfortable. I had a cassette tape one time. Someone gave it to me, and I didn't listen to it for years. I didn't want to. The name of it was called The Arrogant Preacher. Y'all are laughing at me, and you hurt my feelings. Why do you think I didn't want to hear it? It would have made me uncomfortable. (laughs) I went and got Keith Moore's cassettes, CDs on humility. Do you know how painful it is to have someone to spend eight hours listening on someone preach on pride and find out you have got a boatload? (laughs) I gave it to Lisa. She ain't never listened to it since. No, I didn't really. I didn't really. I'm teasing. I'm lying. I'm lying. She actually did listen to him. But, I mean, we don't like, we do not like to go so anywhere where, we're, where we on purpose are putting ourselves through it. But, honey, you got to. You know, God will place you in, in people's lives so that they will correct you. God will put you in places to to burn some junk out of you. I want another job, Jesus. No, you stay right where you are. God put that mean boss in your life for a reason. He's got something he wants to clean up in you. I didn't think y'all liked that a bit. I wanted y'all to see that because, because the church has failed this nation.
The pastors are the reason this nation is in a mess. It's our fault. Because you vote with your tithes. I don't know how many people are not going to come back after I preached on the elections. They're wrong. It's hard to hear I'm wrong. Because, and along with being wrong is just an enormous amount of pride. And, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, I've had it. We all deal with it. Come on. But some, you don't know the truth and the truth will make you mad. That's the scripture I wrote in the Bible. All right, Revelation chapter 2. I got 10 more minutes and I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you some, some, I'm going to try to show you a few things. What is judgment? Judgment is mercy. You heard me say this so many times. God does not run around just mad at people. This whole thing, God's not mad at you. I get so mad when people say that. He does get mad. If you don't know that, you don't know God. Now, I'm not talking about he's running around mad at the sinner and all that kind of stupidity. But I mean, if you're, if you're a parent, you have been mad at your kids. And if you're married, you have been mad at your spouse. And if you're a Christian, God has been mad at you. He has been mad at you. Now, I didn't say he didn't love you. I said he may, not, he may be bent and he'll deal with you and I. All right. Having said that. Revelation 2.18, to the angel of the church of Thyatira, these things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire, his feet like brass. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, your patience. And as for your works, the last are better than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You've allowed that woman who calls herself Jezebel. She's probably not, that's probably not her name. But he's calling her a Jezebel because of the Old Testament woman who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Now, you understand, in the, old, in, in the New Testament, they had temples in their cities where the way to go worship was to have intercourse with a, with a, with a prostitute. Okay, that was part of the, the religion of the day. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not. Indeed, I'm going to cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. And I'm going to kill her children with death. Well, just tear it out of your Bible if you don't like it. Oh, it's in there, honey. You can't just, well, you know, no, don't know, you know nothing. This woman's tearing up a church. I can, I can't, I, I won't. Lord have mercy. I've had men in this church that came in hitting on women. And I mean, I ain't talking about lightly. And I ran them off. Women came to me and says, this guy came up to me and asked me for sexual favors. And I went to him. I said, you don't do that in here. Left, came back, did it again, came back later. He's dead. Don't shout me down. People prayed, and you pray all you want to. Was he a Christian? Well, you just leave it to God. But listen to me. I can, I can, I, I have records of people. 
that aren't alive anymore. I'm not talking about God, you just sin and God just knocks your head off. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about people who just persist over time, rebellion, disobey God, I'm not changing, and nah, 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 nah. and you're just going to live like, a, like the devil. There's a coming a time when God is going to judge you. I have another friend. He was mean to his wife. I mean, it was a good friend of mine and Lisa's. Every time we got around him, man, he's barking at her and bossing her around. I mean, she's like this little rabbit just scared out of her mind to do anything. She wanted to go down to the church and work in the nursery. And he told her, you're my wife. You submit to me. You ain't working in no church. Well, I don't know how long that went on for years. Finally, one day, he, he comes to Orlando and says, I'm divorcing her. I married the wrong, wrong woman. I said, brother, you got teenage kids, whether you married the wrong woman or not. And I started working on the marriage, and the Lord spoke to me. He says, get out of it. This is me. I'm judging him. And so he divorced her, tried, threw her out of the house with no money. Threw her out. I called her up, and I said, sue him. She did. He had come into a lot of money. She did. She got half his money and remarried. Now, see, I can't tell you all this stuff because y'all, no, Patrick, you just don't know. Does that mean I, everybody that, no, I, no, that's not the way you talk to everybody going through a divorce. But this time God said, I've had it with the way he's treating her. I'm setting her free. Woo, that's true, isn't it, Lisa? Just nod and look over there. She's listening. There she's listening. Everybody believes Lisa tells the truth. Always, all the time. Oh, she's doing great today. We called her not too long ago. Oh, let's see if I. I want to see if I want to use it, do this before before I close. I think what I'm trying to say is, is there really needs to return to the church a good, healthy reverence for God. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 24. I'm going to close with this. He loves us, but he's not playing a game with us. He, this, you're only going to keep doing wrong so long. And, and, and the first thing he does, the Bible says he resists the proud. That means he just stops answering your prayers, leaves you alone. Well, there may come a day, and usually it's people you go, yeah, God's going to do something with that guy right there. All right, First Timothy chapter 5, some men's sins are clearly evident preceding them to judgment. That means judgment happens before they die. Wow. Now, I'm going to say something to scare the spit out of you. Every sin you've ever committed, you're going to be judged for it. Unless you repent of it. I didn't say ask him to forgive you. I said repent of it and turn. Does, do you understand that? If you do not, it's coming to you. You will, you will be judged for that. We've played games with it. The blood of Jesus, no, you don't just play games with the blood of Jesus. Amen. He's given you and I an opportunity to get on our face and go, 
God, that's wrong. I'm wrong. I should never have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I blamed everybody. It's me. I, as of right now, I'm turning from that, and I'm asking you, sir, in the name of Jesus, to watch me of that, cleanse me from that, and so help me, God, with the help of the Holy Ghost. That's the last time I ever do that again. Please, sir, thank you, Father, for your goodness. This is not a, he's not playing a game with you. Amen. Seriously, you get serious with him, and you get those things out of your life. When he starts putting his finger on something in your life, he's, he's wanting you to deal with that. And he's not going to change until you do. If you don't pay attention, he's going to take his hand off of you. And then you're going to run around going, I don't know why in the Lord. Boy, it got quiet in this Baptist church. Can I tell you one more story? When Kenneth Hagin was on the bed of affliction, dying of, of a heart disease, he was reading his, his grandma's Bible. Remember when he got into the Sermon on the Mount on Don't Worry? He tells a story about how he got, where he says, you know, be anxious for nothing. And he said to the Lord, he says, nobody can live that way. He said, the Bible went black. He said, nothing, I, my desire for the Bible, all of it went black. Because I found a scripture and I told God no. It's quiet in this church. Let's, let's. He came back to that scripture and the Lord says, he said, I can't heal you full of worry. You deal with this. And he got that under the blood and made a vow to God he'd never worry again. And he said, and when he was 80, he says, I've been tempted, but I have not worried since. Worry is a sin. See, we're not, we're not, Brother Hagin. The reason I call him my spiritual dad, he lived right. And when I got born again, I wanted to be, he was, I couldn't see Jesus, but I could see Kenneth Hagin. And I thought, well, if God can do that in him, he can do that in me. So I patterned after him. The Bible says, imitate those. Andrew Womack is another good. People have asked me this. Why do people go to Andrew's school? Because they see something in the man they want in their life. Do y'all see this? Should be that way with you and your children. Don't preach at them if you don't live it. Because they don't want to hear it. Wow, it's quiet. Some men's sins are clearly evident preceding them to judgment. And those of some will follow later. Um it's a very serious thing. Jesus paid a very, very high price for your redemption, for you to play games with it and live any way you want to live selfishly. And that's why, that's why the church is in a mess today. We've created this mess in this nation. We vote the right, just give us a politician that will give us the money we want, and then tomorrow morning we're back at it again, living a very self-centered life. You, you and I got some changing to do. Are you all okay? Now, I'm not going to preach like this every Wednesday night, so don't leave and go, well, we're going to come back here for a long time. Because, because most people can't handle straighten up, straighten up, straight all the time. I can't, you can't. So we got to get off of it and preach some Jesus loves you, this I know, count it all joy, hallelujah a little bit. Amen. 
But every once in a while, this is good for us, isn't it? Now, I'm going to close in prayer. I want to pray over us, and then I want to pray over this nation. Father God, we just went through an election that was about right and wrong. And I'm very, very disappointed in my nation and the way this country is right now. I'm very disappointed to sit back and watch the way young people and politicians are acting. The ungodliness and the immorality is unprecedented from anything that I have ever seen in my entire life. I'm even bothered that Christians are involved in it. Some of them don't know any better, but that's their fault. I'm asking you, sir, for there to be a revival in this nation. It's not going to be you falling on us and just getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. It's going to be us actually repenting from sin and turning to you. And unless it's preached right, there won't be any salvations. Father, I pray right now for the sinning in the house. I'm going to ask you to send a move of God up there among those men and those women that there are some of them that need to come out of darkness and come into the light. And we care about their soul. That's far more important than anything else going on in their life right now. Their eternal soul is far more important than anything else. And Father, there's people in this nation that disagree and there's, 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 a, there's a moral war, we call it a political war, but there is, there is immoral people on both sides of the fight. Father, their soul is far more important than anything else because unless they straighten their life up, the rest of it really doesn't matter. And once they get their life straight, then the rest of it will straighten itself up. But that's the big issue right now is their walk with you. And I'm asking you for a move of God in this nation. And now I'm asking you for a move of God in this church. We have people, Father, every Sunday morning that are just kind of living in and out and up and down. And I'm asking you for there to come a real come to Jesus movement in this church where we pick up our Bible, we use it as a mirror, we find out how we're doing and we start making the adjustments. In the book of Revelation, you had churches there and you told people in them to repent or else. I can't even imagine what you would say to us today if you walked in here. But Father God, the Holy Spirit lives in us. Every one of us in this room probably right now, there's things that we need to make adjustments on. You're prompting our hearts to make adjustments. Father God, give us the grace. You said that you give more grace. Father, I believe it takes grace to change. I believe it takes grace to grow. I believe it takes grace to make a decision. For these young people to make a decision to live right, to make Jesus first, regardless of what it appears to cost them. For us to come back to a gospel where people turn from sin to God. Well, like we saw in the book of Acts where they burned books. They turned away from, from the immorality of the nation of their day and they turned to God. I pray, Father God, that we would live to see this in this nation, in this church, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.